Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 34. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We see in chapter 32, Moses, the mediator, between God and the people. And then in chapter 33, we see Moses, the intercessor. Were you with me? The intercessor for the people. And tonight in chapter 34, as I mentioned to you last week, we're going to see Moses, the worshiper, for an example for the people. You know, it was, give me your attention, it was Karl Marx who said this. He said, man is incurably religious. Man is incurably religious. And as crazy as Karl Marx was, I do agree with that statement. Man is incurably religious. If you have been with us on Wednesday evenings, you know That comment is very true. As Moses was up on the mountain, remember, and he was receiving the law. And the people were in the valley, remember, they were worshiping a golden calf, dancing around the calf. Moses comes down the mountain and says, what are you people doing? God said to Moses, Moses, step back. I'm going to burn them up. Moses said, please, God, don't do that. And God said, okay, I won't. And Moses said, God, blot my name out of your book. God says, I won't do that either. God said, I'm going to hold every man accountable for their own sin. And then Moses said, God, if I found grace in your sight, then reveal yourself to me. Remember, Moses said, God, show me your way. And God said, Moses, here's my way. My presence is going to go with you. And I will give you rest. And it's kind of like if you get, if you were with us and we went through this, you know, you get the impression there that God is kind of condescending, if you will, and God is being gracious and God is looking past the sins of the people. And God says, I should destroy them, but I won't. Well, it's at that point, Moses has gone back and forth with God and God has condescended and said, Moses, okay, fine. Okay, fine, we'll give it to you your way. Moses by now is thinking, hey, I'm on a roll. He's thinking, hey, I might as well take one step further. Moses says, I'm cranking now. And then he said, God, he said, I'm going for it. He said, God, show me your glory. And God said, Moses, I'm going to make all of my goodness pass before you. Look, if you will, at chapter 33, you got to see this because 
you know, this struck me this morning. Actually, we didn't have time to point it out last time we were together. So look at chapter 33, verse 17. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know your name, and I know you by name. And he said, Moses said, what did he say, saints, in verse 18? Please show me your glory. And then he said, I will make, did you get this? All my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. You know, guys, I didn't get this the last time that we were together, but it is interesting to note, please see this, that God's glory, are you listening? That God's glory and God's goodness are linked together. God's glory and God's goodness are linked The glory of God is revealed in his goodness. In other words, God's glory is good. Moses says, show me your glory. God said, my goodness is going to pass before you. He didn't say my glory is going to pass before you. He said, my goodness is going to pass before you. So God said to Moses, the story goes on. If you were with us, God said to Moses, Moses, you can't look at my face and live. So God said, I'm going to do a flyby, not a drive-by, a flyby. God said, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. Were you with me? I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock, and I'm going to put my hand over you, and I'll pass by, and then you will see my back. Isn't that interesting? Man, what question unanswerable. What does the back of God look like? You don't even know what your back looks like. And some of y'all, you don't want to (laughs) know. Ignorance is bliss. Hallelujah. But what does God's back look like? So in chapter 33, if you were with us, listen, Moses is consumed with a desire to see the glory of God. In chapter 34, God consumes Moses with a revelation of who he is. And we're going to see some qualities of the nature of God Here in chapter 34, verses, actually the whole chapter, we'll see uh, some of the nature of God. (laughs) I'm actually looking at what my sermon title was. Oh yeah, that's what I named it, 40 Days, A Changed Life, Exodus 34. It was that kind of day, 1 through 35. Look at verse 1 in chapter 34, saints, if you are looking at it, say amen. And the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. (laughs) I absolutely love the Bible because it's just funny. And God has a sense of humor. Somebody say amen. It's okay. People have come to me and said, I can't believe it, Pastor Rodney. I laugh so much in church. I never laugh so much in church. I love church. I just laugh so much in church. And I'm like, you're supposed to laugh in church. Why is it we think we're not supposed to laugh in church? We can go laugh everywhere else, but you don't laugh in church? God laughs. God has a great sense of humor. And you can really see it in the book of Exodus. Over and over, God is like, Mo, cut two tablets. Because you, it's almost like, you know what? I cut the first two and you broke those. Now you go to work. 
God cut them and then wrote on them. God said, Moses, maybe you put some sweat equity in this. Maybe you won't be so quick to get upset. Just throw them over your head. So God said, which of you broke? So be ready in verse 2. Go ahead and look at it. In verse 2, would you please underline this in your neighbor's Bible? In the morning. Go ahead. I'll wait. You do it. Just write all over that Bible. So be ready in the morning and come up when, saints? In the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. And no man shall come up with you and let no man be seen throughout all the mountain. Let the flocks nor the herds feed before that mountain. And so he cut two tablets of stone like the first one. And then Moses rose up early in the morning and he went up. Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and he took his hand, the, and, he, and he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. I have that underlined in my Bible, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long suffering, and abounding in goodness. And abounding in truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children of the third and the fourth generation. And please write this in your Bible before somebody deceives you and tells you, see, there it is, a generational curse. Visiting the iniquity upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation, Exodus chapter 20, if you were with us, expounds on this verse and says, of those who hate me. You understand, I keep hitting on this generational curse thing every single time we get together, almost, because this is something that the church has bought into, much of the church, not Calvary Chapel, Apex, or... Calvary Chapel, Carrier, whoever we are. <laughs> whoever you guys are. Us is is. You're going to be cursed with a curse. This is what people are teaching. And you're cursed because your, your mother was, or your father was an alcoholic, your mom was on drugs, or, or there was all this sin three generations back. So therefore, the reason why you do what you do is because you're functioning under a curse. That's a lie from the devil. Amen. And I'll tell you why. Because what's happening is Christians are taking that verse. This stuff is not even in my notes. Christians are taking this idea, this mentality, and saying, well, I've got problems. And we're not calling sin, sin. Well, my my mom hadn't done this, and my dad hadn't done that. If I hadn't been exposed to this, if I hadn't been exposed to that, excuse me, call (laughs) 1-800-WAH. No, I'm not kidding you. Because we can't live our lives in excuses. Well, if that be the case, and I'm supposed to be some whacked out, cracked out, drug addicted, drug dealing, 
whatever, because I'm from Philadelphia. My father was a drug dealer. Everybody knows my story. I think I got it online. And, and that's what I'm supposed to be because of my, because generationally it is passed down. And I'm cursed. I'm not cursed. Amen. I'm blessed. Amen. You're not cursed. You're blessed. Amen. And when you give your life to Jesus, God has broken the curses in your life. What's up with these Christians? That's just voodoo weirdness and coming into the church. Look, you're either blessed or you're cursed. You can't be blessed and cursed at the same time. Somebody say amen. amen. Goodness gracious, what are you? I'm blessed. Anybody else? Some of y'all didn't raise your hand. All right. All right, come on down. We'll pray right now because you're not getting it. I'm just kind of, honestly, I'm just kind of sick of hearing it. Get a grip. Get biblical. Understand what the Word of God has to say. Right? What verse are we on? All right. So Moses, what did he do? He made haste. He bowed his head toward the earth and he worshiped. And then he said in verse 9, If now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are a stiff-necked... Notice what Moses is saying here. Even though we are a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us as your inheritance. So stop right there, saints. Let's just back up just a bit. Again, in chapter 32, Moses comes down from the mountain, got to the camp, and he saw the people dancing. Moses got upset. He threw the tablets of stone down, and he broke them. And God says, Moses, he says, go cut two tablets of stone in verse 1 like the first ones. Now, here's something that I think is interesting here and what I see. God says, Moses, go cut two tablets of stone like the first one. You know, I think we can learn something from this. That our God, listen, are you listening? Our God is a God of second chances. As a matter of fact, I go one better. Our God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth and fifth. And God, you could almost say, listen, is almost unlimited in chances. We could say that because here we see God giving Moses and the people a second chance because notice it is in God's nature to give second chances. God doesn't say, listen, Moses, you failed and you're finished. God doesn't say you're done and I'm going to disintegrate you. God, listen, saints, is into restoration, not disintegration. God's in the restoration. I think of Abraham when he denied Sarah was his wife. Remember that? And God gave him a second chance and used him. I think of Moses who murdered a man and buried him in the desert sand. Remember that? God used him. Of course, you remember David who committed adultery and then lied and murdered someone and covered it up. And God still used him. And then, of course, you think of Peter in the New Testament as he denied Jesus three times and, 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 and he warmed himself by the enemy's fire and God used him. And then Paul the apostle who persecuted Christians and blasphemed Christ and God didn't give up on him. Over and over, saints, listen, there are stories of men who blew it, that God used them mightily. God is the God of second chances. 
And God's mercy is inexhaustible. And God keeps working with us. And God keeps giving us chances. Isn't that right? And aren't you glad about it? I'm glad about it. So now that Israel's heart is in the right place to restore the covenant, God provides a new set of tablets of stone. And Moses broke them. But notice in verse 4, the Bible tells us, early in the morning, verse 2, early in the morning, God says, get up in the morning. You see that? Moses, come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me in the top of the mountain and no man shall come with you. Notice in the morning, not in the afternoon. Notice in the morning, not in the evening. Notice in the morning. Do you know that God is into mornings? You say, Pastor Rodney, I'm not a morning person. Well, you need to get to be a morning person because God is. I know y'all don't like that. I know I have it written in my notes. They won't like this. God is into mornings. I mean, you think about it over and over in the scriptures. Psalm 143, if you're taking notes, Psalm 143, verse 8, cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning. And then in Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes when, saints? In the morning. Psalm 22, verse 16, Jesus said, I am the bright and the morning star. God spoke to Abraham early in the morning. God told Moses to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go early in the morning. God told David to get up early in the morning to go nail Goliath. The women went to the tomb when? Early in the morning. Many times in life, in ministry, in your life, God wants you to get up early in the morning. I don't necessarily like it either. I don't. I mean, Sunday, God, God woke me up at four and woke my wife up at two. I said, God, I was under the impression that morning at least started around six. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from, but I mean, I'm not sure, but 2 a.m. seems just a tad early. I became a morning person in the military. My first day in boot camp. First day, I'll never forget this long as I live. First day in boot camp, and uh, we, we, we went to the MEP station, and then we got our hair cut, and uh, we head on over to Great Lakes from Philadelphia, find ourselves at Great Lakes, and we, I think we got there like at 1 o'clock in the morning. I kid you not, it was like the longest day ever. We got there at 1 o'clock in the morning, and by the time we got situated and got in the bed, it was like 2, got in the rack, and I... Um, I took, uh, I remember taking the top rack. I'm, you know, I'm from, I'm from Philly. I got this. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got this. I'm, I'm going to take top rack and get me some shut eye and uh, we'll get up tomorrow, boot camp, and then I'll start this whole PT thing. Whatever it is, I got it. I'm running this. So I think. <laughs> I'm laying in the rack. I'm knocked out. I just remember being cold. And I hear, get out of that bed, you maggots, you recruits. He said a couple other expletives that are unmentionable. And uh, I remember, I hear all the people jumping out, boots hitting the floor, feet hitting the floor, and all this. Uh, lights are on, and it's, he's disturbing me. <laughs> I'm laying in that, I'm laying in that, like, 
I ain't getting out of bed. What are you talking about? It's too early. I looked over my watch. I'm like, man, it's 4.30 in the morning. I've only been asleep two and a half hours. I am not getting up. Everybody else jumping around. I can hear them. I'm like, I'm not getting out of bed. Next thing I knew, the whole rack, bunk, everything flipped over. <laughs> and that happened in the morning. And uh, ever since then, I've been a morning person. <laughs> It's amazing how God can use stuff. <laughs> and who would ever thunk it? I mean, you know, I am, I am really, seriously, a morning person. And, and now I get up in the morning, I'm just up in the morning. I think the military, honestly, everyone should spend, I think it should be mandatory. Everybody should spend at least two years in the military. That was, that was from all the people who have been in the military. And all the rest of y'all like, I don't think so. Pastor, you need to move right along. No, I think it, it's good, the things I learned there, and the discipline that I learned. I would never, ever have it today. And I don't think that I would have it now in my ministry. A lot of things I learned in the military, I apply now. And here's one. You do what you have to do, irregardless of whether you sleep or not. You do what you have to do. I don't think, Mo, you know what, I don't honestly think Moses went to sleep that night. God said, get, get, get the tablets ready. I'm sure he was getting the chisel, getting the hammer, getting stuff together, thinking I better get this right because I messed it up the last time, who knows. Hey, I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think he got much sleep that night. He might got some sleep, but he might not got much sleep. But you learn the discipline that you need. And I'm actually thankful that I got those disciplines. And I encourage you, spend time in the morning. Get up and how about try like one one early morning a week. I know, don't you can't go cold turkey. I know some of y'all just like, I just can't do it, Pastor Ronnie. I can't do it. <laughs> I know. But just, 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 just a day. Just say, okay, God, I'm just going to get up just this one day, and, and I'm going to... You can do that for the Lord. Yeah, we want to sleep late and go to bed late. How about go to bed a little bit earlier? You'll get the rest you need, and then you can wake up. God's trying to wake you up. Don't make him turn that rack over on you now. <laughs> Got to get your attention. So he told Moses, he says, meet me alone in the morning. So Moses, listen, is climbing up the mountain with the two tablets of stone. And these aren't little tablets. I mean, Moses, got, keep in mind now, he's probably 80 plus years old. I mean, Moses was in shape. He was ripped. He had to be. There's no way he couldn't have been. God kept calling him up and down that mountain. <laughs> I mean, I could imagine he just gets down there and he's like, oh, okay, what y'all down here doing? God says, Moses, come up here. I want to tell you something that I want you to go back down there and tell the people. <laughs> Moses said, God, you know, can we get a cell or something? I mean, you know, I'm just going up and down, up and down, up and down. And that get you in shape. So Moses is 80 years old. He's got to be in great shape. He's climbing to the top of the mountain. And notice when he gets up there, the Lord descended 
in the cloud and stood with him there. Look at verse 5. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. I have this word, these words underlined because I, I can't even get my mind around that. I can't get my mind around that. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. You know, sometimes it's good to read the Bible and just stop. Just try to get your mind around. He stood with him. What in the world did that feel like? God's just right there, standing with him in this cloud. And this cloud, listen, is no doubt the Shekinah glory of God. It's the same cloud that covered Mount Sinai, Exodus 19, 16. It's the same cloud that went with Israel by day, Exodus 13, verse 21 and 22. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.